Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Insanely Criminal. I'm Jem. I'm Ali. And we've just spent 10 minutes discussing The Great Gatsby mm-hmm. that I've never seen. It's very good. I just wanted to watch it. I've never seen it. Is you it the one with Leonardo it? DiCaprio? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it. Um, there's a really old one and then there's the remake with Leonardo DiCaprio in it. No, oh, I haven't seen it. Um, I think I might have read the book. I haven't read the book. I think I have. Many, many moons ago. Back in the 1930s when I was a child. (laughs) Three blue moons ago. (laughs) Three blue moons? Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. Many moons ago. You'd say not three blue moons. Yep, three blue moons. I've never heard that one, Ellie. That's a bit of a... It's my own one. So it's almost Christmas. Is it three weeks? Yes. Uh, we've put our tree up. I'm not a Christmas person. I just like the gifts, to be honest, and the food. Yeah, I like the materialistic aspect of it, not the aspect of family. Yeah. But in a panny D, we don't know if we'll be able to see our family. Great. Um, uh, it's just going to be us eating the best Christmas dinner ever. Exactly. Made by me. <laughs> what's on your wish list for Christmas, Ali? I don't know. Well, you know what's on mine. Slippers. Yeah, I've asked about ten people for slippers, I feel like. You can end up with like five pairs. Well, I'm gonna use it as a test to see who really listens to me. So if I get no slippers then it's scientifically proven. Yeah, but when you told me that you wanted slippers, I'd already bought your things, so I've been throwing in the slipper thing for a few months now, like I would like slippers for Christmas. Uh nobody can see, but I have bought a new tablecloth. It pod- stinks. It does stink. It's for the, our it podcast really room. It does. It smells like a cheap plastic. Yeah. For anyone is listening from like the you were alive in the late eighties, this is probably what one of your dolls smell like. <laughs> I think I have a few dolls that smell like this. <clears throat> yeah, like a cheap doll. Uh it is gross. But it's very nice. It's a nice mm. tablecloth. It is nice, but it's it's swish. Swish. I would go as far as saying it's swish. What do you mean it's swish? Well, it's fancy. It's a fancy tablecloth. One of a kind, unique, show-stopping, never been seen before. (laughs) Got it on eBay, £8, if anyone's really interested. (laughs) Oh, I think it was more, because it's quite a big table. It's a two-metre-long table. Mm -hmm. It's a pandemic-sized table. I'm going to say this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it two metres, this? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Get your tape measure out. Don't have a tape measure. Uh, no, no, that's so uh, Neither do I. Um, so, should we get into our case? Because we're tired again. I feel sure, like all we do is complain on this that we're tired. Yeah. I feel like speciality. that's all my existence is at the minute. Yeah. Saying I'm tired and going to work. Saying you're tired and got, like... Saying about how you've woken up at three AM, <laughs> like it's some up. sort of achievement. I wake up at three AM. I wake up at quarter to five. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. I wake up at like half four. My alarm goes up at half four, but I don't get up at half four. I'm awake at half four. What's insane? The me? early bird catches the worm, Ali. 
it catches the worm and is also massively exhausted by lunchtime. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah, not but worth it. if I got up any later, my day would be ruined. Why would it be ruined? But if I woke up at six, I've still got plenty of time to get dressed and get to work because my bus goes seven thirty. But it would ruin my day because I've got a rush. I like to come down, have a nice cup of tea in silence. And spend like 45 minutes just sitting down, thinking about how bad the day is going to be. I started off quite positively. And it slowly gets worse. Yeah, sometimes. This week definitely mm-hmm. was worse. Uh, I think I've definitely got arthritis. Why do you think you've got arthritis? Oh, my bones are just so sore. My joints. Oh, your joints. (laughs) My joints. They are really sore. And we went out today and it was so cold. Mm -hmm. I was on the bus saying to your brother, I'm just so cold. I just want to get home. I was nearly crying (laughs) because some old bag on the bus opened the windows because it was warm. Uh, it was very, very cold. My hands were like bright red at one point and I couldn't feel them. Your Donnies. Yeah, my Donnies. My Donnies were freezing. Mine were on the brink of hypothermia, to be honest. Well, I think I sent you a text and my thumbs were like this slow because they were just frozen. <laughs> and it was my, definitely my non-diagnosed arthritis. <laughs> it could be. It runs in my family. I get all the bad stuff in my family. Great. Arthritis, bad eyesight, and terminal illness. <laughs> wow, I can't wait. I can't wait for that. <laughs> well, I've got great genes, what can I say? Yeah, you really do. <laughs> Cheers. It's not my fault. <clears throat> anyway, should we get on with the case? Mm-hmm. As you can see, we're very awake. Yeah, we're so enthusiastic. We are. We didn't do an episode last week because we were too tired. No, we didn't do one. Did we watch Hamilton again? I think so. No. I think I just listened to Hamilton all night last Saturday. I was so tired. Again. <laughs> I think I just cleaned the house at like nine o'clock at night <laughs> listening to Hamilton. Oh, great. <laughs> that is my life now. That is all I'm on this earth for used to do a one-woman show of Hamilton. I mean, the world isn't ready for it yet, but... It's in the making. Oh, yeah. It's been in the making for a month in my eyes. I can play every single character in my head. You really can't. (laughs) Okay, so this week we are going to talk about the disappearance of the Sodder children. It was Christmas Eve 1945 when a fire broke out in the Sodder family home in Fayetteville, West Virginia. George Sodder and his wife Jenny lived in the home with nine out of ten of their children. Nine kids. Ten children. Nine in the home. Oh, ten. George and Jenny managed to escape the fire as did four of the nine children at home. But what happened to the five children who were never found? What do you think? I don't know what did happen to the five kids that weren't found. Wow, you're very sarcastic this evening. Continue. (laughs) Okay. 
So let's just go back and take a quick look at the Sodder family before we talk about the fire. The fire. The fire. George was born, Georgiou, Georgie? Giorgio <laughs> Sodio in Sardinia, Italy in 1895. 13 years later, he immigrated to the US with his older brother. But as soon as they reached Ellis Island in New York, his brother changed his mind and went back home. <laughs> that is such a long way to go. I'm assuming, well, it was by boat. That's weeks on a boat and be like, oh no, F this, no. I'm, I'm off back, I'm Eat going home. Me. Oh, where would you rather be, New York or Italy? New York. Yeah, yeah, me too. He found work on the railroads in Pennsylvania. His job was to carry water and other supplies to the workers. A few years later, he took a job as a driver in Smithers, West Virginia. Smithers. 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 Not long after he, not long after this, he met Jenny Cipriani, the daughter of a shopkeeper. My speaking is awful tonight. Are you okay? I'm not okay. <laughs> it's the arthritis. It's not the arthritis. Had... <laughs> arthritis doesn't affect your speech. Oh, something is. So, Jenny's father also immigrated to the US and George and Jenny quickly married. Not long after this, they settled in a two-story home in Fayetteville and in 1923 had their first of ten children. Oh, I cannot even imagine having ten children. I would never have ten children. I'd have ten cats. Let alone one. Oh. <laughs> I'd have ten cats. Ten dogs. No, I wouldn't have ten cats or dogs. Five at the most. At the most? Is mm. that... What, cats or dogs? Um, cats. I'd Three have, dogs at the most. I'd have ten sausage dogs. What, it's just like a whole army? Oh, yeah, oh, you could have a football team of sausage dogs and put them in little kits. <laughs> have them kick around a ball? Yeah. Have two of them in goal? Yeah. No, we don't need that. You need an, another team. Just do a five-a-side. A five-a-side with sausage, <laughs> yeah. sausage dog five-a-side. <laughs> if anyone has a sausage dog, I'll oh. set up a sausage dog five-a-side. It's actually become my dream dog now. Just get one. No, they're too expensive. Oh. And it'll be me stuck looking after it. And I would not complain. You're the one that wants one. Yeah, I know. I just love them. They're so cute. So the Sada family became one of the most respected families in the community, thanks to George's business prospering in the area. Fayetteville had a large population of Italian immigrants and George would often alienate himself from this community and would also have fiery arguments with people due to his opposing views of Benito Mussolini. So he was like the founder and the, yeah, I think he was the leader. Yeah, he was the leader of the National Fascist Party in uh, Italy. What's a fascist again? A bad person. Like Boris Johnson. Like, what is it? Like, what do they stand well, for? Well, I mean, think of leaders now. Like, Donald Trump is defo a fascist. Yeah, but what defines a fascist? What defines a fascist? Yeah. Well... Think of politicians now and what they do. Yeah, but what qualities do you need to have? Well, you hate everybody and everything. Want everything for yourself. Okay. 
hate gay people. Oh, here we go. It's fine. <sighs> I got called a fascist once uh, in a debate in history in school. I think I was playing a fascist. Here we go. Ali's on the Google machine. All the big words. Oh, see? Simple I, terms. Fascist definition for children. No, it's just simple English <laughs> Wikipedia. This is simple English Wikipedia? Yeah, I used to go on it in primary all the time. <laughs> what? Did you not know this existed? No. I only use normal Wikipedia. No. Why would I use that one? Okay, can I move on now? Mm-hmm. Okay, so George and Jenny had their last child, a daughter named Sylvia, in 1943. By this time... Their eldest son, Joe, had left home to serve in World War II. In 1944, Mussolini was executed. George was naturally ecstatic about this news, but his outspokenness about Mussolini had left hard feelings among his community. So, that sounds a bit like me. (laughs) Speaking out against the right... Oh, we watched an episode, an old episode today of Come Dine With Me. Oh my if god. If you're in the US, then maybe you don't know what Come Dine With Me is. It's like dinner parties. Yeah, it's just a reality show with dinner parties. I think we've talked about it before on this. <laughs> but a woman said Margaret Thatcher did great things. And she's like, she was like the saviour. And she made the country such a better place. Yeah, and she helped... Uh, to not divide yeah. the club. Oh my god! It it was just so. I think we just sat there with like our jaws dropped. Like mm-hmm. what? And then she said, "Oh yeah, well, if you don't know, Margaret Thatcher um, stopped children having milk in schools and mm-hmm. so on, and she was called Margaret Thatcher, the milk snatcher." <laughs> well, this woman said, "You should have bought your own milk." back in those days and I mean she made it more affordable she oh, said didn't she yes but she made it more affordable whatever I mean if you're if you live in Wales number one you will hate Margaret Thatcher I have a friend who went to Margaret Thatcher's funeral to clap huh. what a legend didn't she just like make the poor people poorer though yeah, she did. She is also a definition of a fascist, I would say. Mm-hmm. Margaret Thatcher, what a horrible person. And I feel really sorry that Gillian Anderson had to portray her in the crowd. Yeah. Like, I love Gillian Anderson. She's, like, a great actor, and I really, like, like her a lot. But watching her play Margaret Thatcher, like, boiled my blood. Yeah. Thatcher's, I was so uh, angry all of the time. But Thatcher and the Queen both just lack empathy to be in any sort of yeah the queen isn't too bad oh get lost she isn't too bad oh she is oh i'm not gonna get into the monarchy (laughs) i completely hate the monarchy and see no point in them whatsoever uh americans listening may love the monarchy and i'm really sorry but they're not for me i learned today that they're inbred what I got told that... They're German. That they're inbred. By who's told you this? My friend's dad. She t- he told oh. us that they were inbred. 
I don't think they're inbred. They're all like distantly related. No. Wasn't that all of us anyway? We're all distantly related. Yeah. <laughs> okay, enough about the queen. I hate her. Okay. Are we ready? Hang on. Oh. Can I carry on, Ali? Or are you talking about the... Uh... The most extreme cases of close inbreeding are frequent fa- frequently found in royal dynasties. 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 Yeah, I can kind of understand it because, like, you marry your own. If you know what I mean. That's where there was all that outcry about Meghan Markle because she was an actress and not an aristocrat. I almost said aristocrat. <laughs> She's an aristocrat. She was Thomas O'Malley. <laughs> the alley cat. The legend. Okay, can I carry on now because... All monarchies are inbred. Oh, there we go. That is now scientifically proven by Ali on uh, this podcast. All monarchs are That's inbred. That's what we said on Quora. <sighs> we said all Sometimes the internet is not... I don't care. It said all monarchies are inbred. Oh, okay. Well, there we are then. There we go. Is that why Prince Andrew is a giant nonce then? Maybe. He is a nonce. Maybe that's why Prince Charles' ears are so big. Oh, his sausage fingers still upset me. Prince Philip aged like that. Prince Philip looks like... He looks like a shriveled raisin. He looks like Palpatine. He does. There are so many, like, creases and wrinkles to his face. I didn't think you could have that many. mottled with, like, purple and blue spots. He's just wasting away now. Oh, and another Queen story. The Queen planning a Jubilee thing for 2021. She's really optimistic about the length of life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I how old is she? Ninety two. I won't be making any plans past a month. I thought she was like a hundred. No, Prince, like Prince Philip's like ninety nine. She's like ninety two, I think. Would you make a plan? Uh, this is going to happen in eighteen months, whether you like it or not. Hmm. I would not be making. Look, Elizabeth Mitchell. I don't know. She needs standards. Okay, can I carry on now? Yeah. Okay, are you sure? She's 94. Oh, I was close. So, a life insurance salesman visited the Sodder home in October 1945. George showed him away from the home. And the salesman said to George that his house would, quote, go up in smoke and your children are going to be destroyed. He wasn't wrong. End quote. Well, oh, spoiler alert. Oh. <laughs> All because of his remarks about Mussolini. Strangely, they had another visitor to their home. A man was looking for work and he went around the back of the Sodder home where he found a pair of fuse boxes. He warned George that it could cause a fire someday. George recalled finding this bizarre as he had not long had the home rewired when his new electric oven was fitted. He said it was all deemed safe by the electrician who fitted it. Hmm. Ooh. 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 These were not the only strange things that happened in the run-up to the fire in the home. George's son said they recalled seeing a strange car parked in town and the occupants of the car seemed to be watching the younger Sodder children as they were walking home from school. 
was someone out to get them purely because of George's remarks about Mussolini. Seeing as they were highly respected, I am still not sure about this one. Uh, I mean, I think it is quite easy to fall out with people yeah. um, with their political. Like we just mm-hmm. had that big Margaret Thatcher rant. I think it's easy to tell people to f off. Yeah. If they're really brainwashed by Thatcher or whoever. <laughs> by the Thatch. By the Thatch. The Maggie Thatch. The Iron Slag, as my brother called her the other week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wasn't um, Princess Margaret called the Iron Lady or something? That's Margaret Thatcher. No, Princess Margaret. Margaret Thatcher's the Iron Lady. I told you it was Princess Margaret. Because yeah. she was like really ill and she like smoked loads. She smoked like two packs a day or something. Oh, what a legend. She smoked like 30 or 60 a day. And she like lived to be quite old. She wasn't that old. I, well, here's Considering a, her health. Here's a Princess Margaret story for you. Why are we going about the royals so Margaret fun much? facts. Uh, I had to get a taxi once from Shrewsbury all the way here because I missed my train. Oh, Cost that me. would be so expensive. Yeah, it's almost £100. But a taxi driver told me that Princess Margaret had been in his taxi. Was this when she was before. alive? <laughs> well, I hope she wasn't in the boot while I was in there. <laughs> yeah, this was a really long time ago. She was still alive, I think. Mm. In Shrewsbury? Yeah, I think she was there on some kind of visit. I don't know. Why do people go there? Mm, no. Yeah, or me. So... It is now Christmas Eve in the Sodder household. Picture it, Ollie. Mm-hmm. There's nine kids there, so you can imagine the excitement in the Sodder home. Christmas Eve. So Marion, the oldest daughter, was working in a dime store. So is that like, like a, not a pound shop. Like a bank? No, no. I think it's like the equivalent of the pound shop. Oh. Possibly. I don't know. Go to the dime store. <laughs> oh. So she had surprised her younger sisters, Martha, 12, Jenny, 8, and Betty, 5, with toys she had bought. Like most children, they were so excited that they wanted to stay up later than they normally would. It was around 10pm and Jenny said that if two of the older boys, Maurice, 14, and Louis, 9, remembered to put the cows in and feed the chickens, then the other children could stay up. That seems like a good deal to me. Mm. George, John, aged 23, and George Jr., 16, had been busy all day working and were already asleep. Jenny reminded the children what they needed to do before bed, and then she took Sylvia, aged two, upstairs to bed. Are we ready? Yes. Jenny woke up at around 12.30am when she heard the phone ring. She ran downstairs to answer it and on the other end was a woman's voice that she did not recognise and she was asking for someone that Jenny had never heard of. Jenny politely told the caller that they had the wrong number and recalls hearing the woman make a weird laugh. Was it my laugh? 
What's your lap? My lap is horrific. (laughs) This is tame. (laughs) But my laugh is... I have like like 50 different laughs. My laugh when I see something mildly funny is... I wish you'd just show you a picture of like... (laughs) Like a dog, and you laugh. It literally just be a normal dog that looks slightly odd, and you wouldn't shut up for like three minutes. I'm not lying. When's the last time I did that? Yesterday. <laughs> what was I laughing at? Nothing. I was laughing about someone in work. <laughs> Someone in work bent over and they had a bright pink thong on that I saw. And uh, someone who was with me, bear in mind I work in school, just said, F in L. <laughs> it just completely killed me. <laughs> I think I walked in. Down, no, I walked downstairs last night and I just burst out laughing you about did. it. Oh, he was telling me to shut up. I couldn't stop laughing for about five hours. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway, enough of my stupid laugh. <laughs> now I'm going to be thinking about it again. <laughs> for God's sake! I woke up in the middle of the night laughing because that stupid dream I had. Huh. Someone putting their face mask on, but it was a hedgehog's head. <laughs> That's going to protect you. <laughs> okay. Oh, I need to... Get back into character. <laughs> so Jenny thought this was odd and she returned to bed. By this time. Stop! <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> oh, I've got a cold. It's hurting me. <laughs> okay, are we ready? <laughs> yes. This is your fault. Because you have to talk about things that make me laugh and then it brings it back to me. You're the one that brought up your laugh. (laughs) Yeah, but then you make fun of me laughing at things all the time. I used to, when I was little, I used to think I was that old man in Mary Poppins who used to love to laugh. You are. So, (laughs) So I used to laugh all the time. Just fingers crossed that I would be able to float just ascend it never happened it's so upsetting I know my dreams never come true and so by this time she noticed the lights were still on and the curtains were still open Jenny assumed because some of the children had stayed up that they must have forgotten to switch off the lights and had gone to bed I thought you were looking at me then because you thought I was going to laugh no I'm not going to Around 20 minutes later, Jenny was woken up again, but this time by the sound of an object hitting the roof, followed by a rolling sound. So imagine our cat rolling downstairs. Uh, that's probably the noise. Yeah. She is a good roller. She's she good. is. She's good. She's a skilled roller. She is. They see her rolling, Ali. <laughs> they hate it. Well, sometimes. <laughs> Jenny thought nothing of this sound and went back to sleep. Oh, I would not. I would be like mm. out there with a torch. I don't think I would. No, I'm a nosy bastard though. I'd be out there straight away. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't. No. You'd probably text me. Just heard a noise. Can you check? Please. <laughs> probably just freeze and have a little cry. 
Yeah, I'm surprised you're sitting in here with the dark in the with the dark outside with the curtains. Yeah, open. I don't like it. Someone may appear. Don't. <laughs> don't do it. Okay, so approximately 1:30 a.m., she woke up again, and this time she could smell smoke. She quickly went to investigate and saw that George's office was on fire, primarily around the fuse box. So we know the fuse box was new. Let's keep mm-hmm. that in our minds. Jenny frantically woke George up and he then ran to wake his older sons. Jenny, George, Marion, Sylvia and George Jr. escaped the home, which was quickly catching fire. They called out to their other children who slept in the attic and they got no response. The phone line had also caught fire and so finding help became a nightmare. How no one realised that this house was on fire? I think it's probably not like where we live, where everyone's kind of close together. Um, yeah, there's probably houses around. Well, yeah, there are, as we will see now. <laughs> see. Well, Marion ran to a neighbour's home oh. and um, she called the fire department. Eventually, apparently it took a while for her to get her neighbour's attention. Oh. Maybe she was dead to the world. No pun intended. Oh. Oh. She isn't dead. The neighbour. Well, she probably is now, but... George was growing increasingly worried about the children who were still in the home and could not wait any longer. He decided to climb the wall barefoot and break the attic window. So that caused him to cut his arm. He had planned to use the ladder to save the remaining children, but the ladder was nowhere to be found, despite being there earlier that day. George used a truck for work and decided to use that to climb further up to the attic, but his truck would not start, which was also odd because he had used it the previous day and it was working perfectly. Oh. Oh. The Sodder family had no choice but to watch their home burn with the rest of the children inside. After 45 minutes, the home collapsed. So, Ali, I know you're dying to ask me, where were the fire department? Yeah. Well, it was 1945. They were lacking workers due to the war, I'm guessing. And they didn't show up until later on in the morning on Christmas Day. I think they showed up like 8 it's like seven hours after they were called. It would not take that long. I, I know, it was literally like two and a half miles away. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's kind of... Hmm, did they want to go? And by the time they got there, they couldn't do much because it was all burned down. And all they would do was look through the ashes um, in the remains of the Sodder home. So, where were the children who were trapped inside? Well, there's so many conflicting statements surrounding this one, Ali. So many. Ooh, who's that by the window? Stop! (laughs) Close the curtains. No. Okay, so Chief F.J. Morris told George and Jenny that no bones had been found in the home, which you probably may expect given the severity and intensity of the fire. Sorry, that's Ali closing the curtains. There we go. Sorry. Oh, those curtains are swish, though. 
Swish. Cool the swish. Swish. <laughs> swish. Ooh. So another person recalled that they did find bones and internal organs. Why the organs? I don't know. There's lots of weird chat in this. But they chose not to tell George and Jenny because it would upset them. Oh. Oh my God. I mean, Sorry, you found your kids long. Here is your child's appendix. I would want to know if it was going to upset me or not. Where are my goddamn kids, Chief Morris? Where are they? Right, so here's three year, your three-year-old child's kidney. <laughs> Do with and this, this what you like will. this looks like a teenage long. <laughs> a teenage long. It's very odd. So Chief Morris said he believed the five children died in the fire that night and said that the fire must have been hot enough to completely burn their bodies. So, fun fact. Everyone likes a fun fact. So, I've had many today. Today? Yeah, with the Princess Margaret ones. Oh, yeah, I've had lots of uh, the crown chat. Yeah. Lots of crown chat. Maybe we should just have, like, a separate one where we... Like, a separate podcast where we just... Dissect the crown? Yeah. Oh, no. Crown dissection? No dissect the queen okay so bones are obviously the last part of the body to go during a cremation and it can take an average of two to three hours to burn bones completely so i mean the fire was only burning for 45 minutes yeah but it did the fire stop after 45 minutes yeah i think well it wouldn't have been a blaze but the home like completely collapsed Mm-hmm. And it was ashes by the next morning. Whole Where were they then? Did they just like... Who? The family. They watched it burn to the ground. What, so they just sat and watched? Well, what can you do? It's 1945. I don't know. Go and stay at someone's house. Well, he didn't have many pals, did he? Because everyone loved a bit of Mussolini. And he wasn't Maybe a fan. that's where the fire department didn't go. They were like, oh, that's the Mussolini-hating. Well, lads. well that, is going the, there. Uh, that is the chat. The banter. The bants. Fire bants. Mussolini bants. Benito bants. <gasps> We've got it. We've got it. Benito bants. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> so in the days after the fire, Chief Morris told George and Jenny to leave the site undisturbed so that it would enable them to conduct their investigation. Because if anyone was to touch the site or sift through it, evidence will be lost. This sounds like Chambonet to me. <clears throat> sifting through the evidence. Don't sift through it. Oh, Burke did it. So, despite <sighs> Chief Morris's requests, George and Jenny could no longer stand the sight of their burned-down home. So they decided to bulldoze what was left of it and covered it with dirt. They then later turned it into a memorial garden for the missing children. Oh, that's nice. They got rid of all the evidence. I remember that. I just said they turned it into a memorial. Oh, I know, but... Anyway. The local coroner started an inquest and said the cause of the fire was down to faulty wiring in the home. And we know that the house had not long been rewired, so do we think the electrician could have possibly rewired things incorrectly because of George's opinions? Maybe. Maybe. I think a maybe too. But I don't know. 
it's uh, a lot of twists and turns. Oh, in it's this. very twisty. Very, very twisty. So five days after the fire, death certificates were issued for the five missing children. George and Jenny... Five days later? Yeah. So George and Jenny could not face going to the funeral, which I would guess would just be a memorial because there were no bodies. But thankfully, the four surviving children did attend. I mean, I don't think I... Who are the four surviving ones? I can't remember their names now, Ali. You've spoken so much about the crown. Sorry, it's just a good show, isn't it? It's alright. Okay, so the Sodders tried to carry on and rebuild their lives as best as they could. And they also started questioning the coroner's report and would not believe that the fire was down to faulty wiring. Good, I wouldn't either. They thought it could not be possible because their Christmas lights had not blown during the early stages of the fire. And what, you, so they just kept on lighting? Yeah, like the lights were still on the home. So if it was wiring, all the lights would have gone out. Mm-hmm. So I kind of understand that. Yeah. Um, remember, so the ladder, remember the ladder? <clears throat> that was nowhere to be seen. So that was eventually found 75 feet away down an embankment. So that had been thrown by somebody down an embankment like a hill mm-hmm. do you know what an embankment is yeah okay so it's like steep but yeah yeah so another red flag for the sodders was the fact that the telephone line had not been burned during the fire but it had been purposely cut by someone they must have used the ladder to do this as it was around four meters high which led them to believe they used the ladder and it must have been done by someone with a real grudge However, neighbours did see a man on the property before the fire who was stealing a block and tackle. Uh, What's a block and tackle? Uh, it's like a pulley that you would have had like on the back of his truck. To, like, apparently that's what it is. Oh. Like a big clip. Oh, it's that. Yeah. I, I would just call it a pulley. but A pulley? This is the olden days. <laughs> So he was identified and arrested. He also admitted to the theft and said he had cut the phone line thinking it was a power line, but he denied having anything to do with the fire. But why would you need to cut a power line to steal a pulley? I don't know. Exactly. And it was never... completely different things. Yeah, and that was never actually explained. So was he even questioned about that? Like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Do what you like. Do what else. Do what else. So another reason that Jenny and George started questioning officials was because household appliances survived the fire and many things were still recognisable in the ash. So how did they not find any trace of their children? Jenny even tried burning small animal bones. Ooh to prove her point that some skeletal remains would still be visible. Jenny was then contacted by an employee of a local crematorium who said that some bones would remain even after bodies were burned at a thousand degrees Celsius. (coughs) And remember the phone call? Yeah. Okay, so I thought that was strange and that would give me the, uh, the creeps. 
heebie-jeebies. Oh, I don't really answer my phone anyway. <laughs> no, I don't like making phone calls. No, hate. So the woman was located and said it was a wrong number and she apologised. That would not be good enough for me. I would think that was highly unlikely, but... I know, I think it was weird. Why did she phone a wrong number and then just start laughing? Mm-hmm. Oh. So there were more developments in the case throughout the years. And despite the Sodders having a memorial garden, which Jenny tended for the rest of her life. Oh, good on her. The Sodders still believed that their children were still alive somewhere. And of course, they still believed that the fire was not started by an electrical fault. A bus driver who had been driving past their home said he saw a man throwing fireballs at the home. There was snow on the ground when the fire happened. But when the snow melted, Sylvia had found green rubber balls in a brush nearby. George then remembered the loud thud Jenny said she had heard on the roof the night of the fire. George said it could have been some kind of grenade. They believed the fire started on the roof, but the fire marshal said there was nothing to prove that. So... I don't know. Maybe they're just all against them. Yeah, just because she doesn't like a bit of the moose. The moose. <laughs> Witnesses also came forward saying they had seen the missing Sodder children watching the fire from the road. And another witness said she had seen them peering out of a car window. A server in a rest stop said she also recalled serving them breakfast the day after the fire and that the car had Florida license plates. Another oh, twist. Florida. Oh yeah. Another twist in the tale and in the investigation. Remember the insurance salesman? No. No, he said because George told him to get out of his house. Oh, that one. And he was like, "Your home is going to go up in smoke, and your children will be destroyed." <clears throat> Remember him? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he served on the coroner's jury where the fire was ruled as an electrical fault. There was also rumours that Chief Morris, now this bit really made me think, what? So Chief Morris found a heart, which he put in a box and buried it. And I've wrote here, Ali, you're gonna like it. Weird flex, Chief Morris. (laughs) Look at me, I've got a child heart. It's not a child heart. Oh, what heart is it? Chief Morris confessed to it, but when inspected, it turned out to be a cow's liver. <laughs> how do you get a liver and a heart mixed Does up? he not know how big a cow's liver would be? Our livers are pretty big. Mm-hmm. A cow liver? Huge. Like the biggest organ besides the skin, aren't they? They're pretty big. Yeah, and my brain. Big brain. <laughs> so, he said he placed it there, hoping the sodders would find it. Just give it to him. And... F- it was a cow's liver. It had nothing to do with his kids. I know, but you give it to him anyways, thinking, oi, do you think this is a heart? Make some pate with it. Oh, find, yeah, so he wanted them to find it and find peace that the children were dead. With a cow's liver, here's a heart. How do you get those two things mixed up, though? I'm so I don't know, Chief Morris sounds a bit dim to me. Yeah. How is he a chief? Oh, who knows? He's not now. He would be deceased. So, let's fast forward to 1949. 
George began conducting his own investigations. He could not stop thinking about his missing children, and understandably so. If he saw anyone who looked like his missing children, he would travel to find out if it was in fact them. He thought he saw his daughter Betty in a ballet magazine. He drove to New York City and demanded to see the girl, but his demands were refused. In August 1949, George persuaded a pathologist named Oscar Hunter to search through dirt at the site of the house. It was during this investigation that he found bone fragments. They were confirmed to be lumbar vertebrae from the same person. Specialist Marshall T. Newman said the bones were from someone aged 16 or 17. Given the age range, George did not believe that they were from his children, considering the oldest child who was missing, Maurice, was 14 at the time. The bones also showed no signs of having been burned, so I would guess there would be significant charring to bones. Yeah, especially if they've been burnt. Oh yeah. Ugh. I don't want to see like burned bones, but um, I'm no. just guessing. The Sodders would still not rest and even offered a $5,000 reward to anyone who could tell them where their children were. They put up a billboard <clears throat> and handed out flyers, but to no avail. Until a woman came forward claiming she had seen the children a week after the fire in a hotel she ran in Charleston. She said the children had come in with two men and two women, all of Italian descent. Oh. Oh. Italiano. Hmm. The woman recalled trying to talk to one of the children, but one of the men became increasingly hostile towards her. Police did not know if her story was credible based on how long it had been before she had come forward. But, oh. Yeah, but the billboard had not long gone out. Oh. I would think that would be plausible. Kind of. You'd follow it and see if it was real, though. Yeah, you'd completely follow that up, but whether they did is a completely different story. Ugh. So, George continued to travel looking for his children. One tip said that Martha was being held in a convent in St. Louis. A convent? Convent. Oh, God. Oh, that would be my ideal hell. In 1967, George travelled to Houston after another tip-off after receiving a letter. So, a woman who was at a bar one night claimed she met Lewis there and he had confessed to her who he was after a few drinks. The woman claimed that both Lewis and Morris were both living in Texas. Police found the two men... <clears throat> My throat is so bad today. The two men. <laughs> and they both denied being the missing children. The Sodders also received another letter that year with very credible, in my opinion, evidence that Lewis was alive. The letter had been sent from Kentucky with no return address, but contained a photograph of a young man who looked eerily like Lewis. Oh. And it does, uh, I will post it, but it does look just like him. On the back of the photo was written, 
Quote, Louis Sodder, I love brother Frankie. L-L-I-L, boys, A9-0132 or 35. End quote. That's weird. It is weird. What does that even mean? Well, I thought like the A90132 or 35 sounded like a prison number to me. Kind of. I don't know. But the photo like is quite creepy. After hiring a detective, no one was able to locate the man in the photo. But they added the new photo to the billboard that was still up. George said in the Charleston Gazette later that year that his time was running out to find his children. And, quote, we only want to know. If they did die in the fire, we want to be convinced. Otherwise, we want to know what happened to them. George sadly died in 1969, never knowing what had happened to his children. Jenny continued to mourn her children and dressed in black until her death in 1989. The family took the billboard down in 1989. Oh, I found that really sad. Mm -hmm. Like they waited for their mother to die. Despite this, the surviving children still continue to investigate the case quietly. They believe that the Sicilian Mafia was trying to extort money from George. Perhaps the children were taken from the house before the arson. As we know, they may have still been downstairs. The lights were on and the curtains were open. When Jenny woke up, at least. Another possibility, if the Sicilian Mafia were involved, maybe the children were taken to Italy. Which I think is quite possible. It's the Mafia. It is the Mafia, after all. A popular belief is that the children never made contact with their family to keep themselves from harm, which is plausible and does happen in some missing persons cases and kidnappings. Sylvia Sodder Paxton, the youngest of the Sodder children, still believes that her siblings were not killed in the fire that night. How old Um, is the youngest now? Oh, she... She was two when the fire happened, so she was born in 1942. Oh. So was that, 80? <laughs> I don't know, my yeah. maths is really bad. I don't know either. Um. So yeah, she promised her parents that she would never, ever let the case go dry and vowed to do everything she could to find out what happened to her missing brothers and sisters. So that was the case of the missing Sodder children. Ali, do you think they're still alive? Probably not. I think they are. Do you actually? I do. They'd be quite old though. They'd be in like their 80s and 90s. Yeah, some of them actually may be dead by now, but I I don't know. There's too many things for me that say Mm. that they weren't there when it happened. I don't think they were there. No. I think they were kidnapped. Yeah. And because George had made so many grudges, mm-hmm. had so many grudges for people in the town with his, uh... With his moose. <laughs> yeah, his moose, his Benito <laughs> Bance. That, you know, that is quite possible. Um, also, Ali came down before and I was watching, like, the BuzzFeed Unsolved about this, just to refresh my, my memory. Favorite. I think I wrote this, like, a month ago. So <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't remember what happened. 
Um, apparently, no one knows why he left Italy. And people think, like, something shifty might have happened. Oh, yeah. So, did the mafia come back to get revenge? And they just nicked so his kids and... Him. Nicked some of his kids and killed the others? Well, not... Yeah, nicked or killed the others. Nicked. It's just... You think they've been kidnapped then? Yeah. And I think now they're so. dead. Well, yeah, I mean, most of them will be dead. <clears throat> but it makes you wonder if they are alive. Why did they never say anything? Unless if they were kidnapped and they were turned against their parents completely, like, oh, this is what your dad mm-hmm. has done. Whatever was his reason for leaving Italy. Yeah. <gasps> it's a crazy case. If anyone knows anything about it and has more information, then let me know because I love a disappearance case. Love a good And I need to know what happened. <laughs> so, we're at the end of our... A dissy pee. A dissy pee? What's a dissy pee? <laughs> disappearance, dissy pee. Dissy pee. <laughs> it's better than a pissy day. <laughs> so, that's the end of our episode. A nice Christmas one to get you in the mood. Festive. So festive. It's festive. It's so lit. No (laughs) pun intended. Oh, God. I just thought it was an interesting case. Mm -hmm. I think I only heard of it like a few months ago. I was like, oh, this is wild. I think I'd seen the BuzzFeed Unsolved thing like ages ago. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. It was only because I was looking for the pronunciation of the surname. So you watched the whole video? No, you watched... What you saw me watching was what I watched. Got uh, ten minutes of it. Well, it's still like half of it. Yeah, I know, but I switched it up because I didn't want you to know too much. Uh. So if anyone doesn't know, I write these episodes and Ali's just uh, I'm your, co- I'm your little... I'm you're my little, little mascot. Yeah. My little co-host. But it's just Ali reacting. And I like to get Ali's opinions. Like, oh, what do you think happened? Why do you think someone did this? Rather than, like, my old miserable views, Ali will sometimes come in with a fresh pair of eyes <laughs> and be like, nah, you're wrong. <laughs> this is what happened. <laughs> no, this is exactly what happened. This is fact. Yeah. We're in a panny D, we're bored. We're in a panny D and we're doing a little dissy pee. Uh, yeah. Dissy pee in the panny <laughs> D. <laughs> in the pandem. <laughs> Mandem in the pandem. Mandem in the pandem. Yeah. <laughs> with a dissy pee. Oh, I must have a pissy day. Oh, no. <clears throat> anyway. It's not a pissy day. We're going to sign off. It's already past Go my bedtime. Go log out. Yeah, we're going to log out now. <laughs> oh, don't. I'm not going to go on a rant about that. Anyway, thanks for listening to our amazing episode. Our little dissy About the crown. And then we talked a little bit about yeah. the, the sodder children. Just a little bit. Ali loves the crown. It is very good. Yeah, it is pretty good. I only watched the first and fourth season. Yeah, we're not doing a podcast about the crown. Oh. Anyway, it's time for us to go. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.